And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Welcome to Down on the Docks, episode 19. Uh, my name's Chris Neff. I'm joined, as always, by the man, uh, the straw that stirs the bong, uh, Dave Sarah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's probably that was, a reference. That's a terrible one. That's too old for you anyway. That's bong? A, oh, it's, uh, the, what, the straw that stirs the bong. Yeah, it's a Reggie Jackson reference. That's pretty Just, cool. They're not all going to work. You know what? I'm going to have my bad days, too. It's okay. Um for those of you that are just joining us, um, if you've listened to the pod and you've enjoyed the pod, nothing helps more than giving us a five-star review on where, Dave? Apple Podcasts. That's correct. So say whatever you want to say. If you got a suggestion for the show, drop it in there. If you like the direction we're headed in, we'd love to know. We're always trying to prove, uh, improve the show, and we do read all of your comments. Of course, if you want to find us on um, uh, Twitter, it's down on the docks. And then if you want to find us on Instagram, it's down on the docks pod. That's right. Um, buddy, I got to tell you, well, I'm really excited about we're this episode. Now. Yeah. I heard the name. Tickled. Yeah, we're going to. Uh, I, yep. I went down a rabbit hole. The ra- you, Yeah. You know, like when you get on Wikipedia and then you just hyperlink to hyperlink to hyperlink. And then like nine hours later, you've learned too much about like Nazi Holocaust war camps. Sure. I kind of did that with this movie uh, documentary called Tickled. So what you need to know is, <laughs> by the way, there's no Holocaust in this. Thank God. Th- in this film. I was but, trying to think of something stupid that I've gotten ram- rabbit holes down. Yes, there's like, so many of them, yeah. man. Um, Can't even think of one right now. But uh, this do- documentary is called Tickled. It was released in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, and HBO released it. Ooh. Okay. Always so, good from the HBO. Yep. From the bow. From the bow. Um, directed by David Ferrier and Dylan Reef. Ah. Now, before we get into this, because like I told you, I went down the hole, I think I just need to give you a baseline definition about tickling. Okay. Yeah. So, down in the hole. <laughs> dude, my my favorite band, by the way. Really? Of all yeah, time? I think so. Well, that behind acoustic. the doors. Doors that, and then ugh. Alice in Chains. Doors are uh, owned by the intelligence agencies. No, they're not. Uh, anyway, um, tickling. This is a definition. Is the act of touching a part of a body in a way that causes involuntary twitching, movements, or laughter. The word tickle evolved from the Middle English tickling, <laughs> which kind of sounds like a, a, a 60s pop band to me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean it sound like it evolved too much. <laughs> I mean, how much of evolution did it really do? Ladies and gentlemen, it's tickling. Tickling. Um, it just sounds like you're saying it with yeah. a fucking accent. That's right. all that changes. It's You're correct. Um, well, they did uh, some research in tickling back in 1897. <laughs> not, not tickling the band, but tickling. So, 1897, and, they started research on it, huh? Yeah, what wow. I found, a psychologist by the name of G. Stanley Hall and Arthur Allin, great last name, described a tickle as two different types of phenomena. So the first type is caused by very light movement across the skin. Mm-hmm. Now, this type of tickle is called kinesmesis. Ooh. Yep. This just generally does not produce laughter and is sometimes accompanied by an itching sensation. Ah. Uh, now the, the really? yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about like caressing or something. Yeah, this is ca- 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 but itching, huh? Kinesimesis. Kinesimesis. And the more common tickling that everybody knows is actually called gargalesis. <laughs> common tickling. So gargalesis refers to a harder laughter-induced tickling and involves uh, the repeated application of high pressure to sensitive areas. Now, did you know this? You can't tickle yourself? Uh, well, yeah. That's something you, you learn like, kind of in middle school, sort of. I never even thought about gargalesis. it. Gargalesis. <laughs> How would we not have any jokes for gargalesis? I, uh, I gargalesis in my pants. Oh, I, mean, that's I see easy. where that's you're going. Mundus disease. For, you got that. a little oh, zacolitis. <laughs> Yeah, your breast smells Zachalike. <laughs> you know those classics. Sure, sure. Anywho, I didn't know you couldn't tickle yourself. And I'm sure yeah. people are listening right now. They're going to take the can you tickle yourself yeah. challenge. So take a second. Uh. See if you can. Because if you can't, you're normal. And if you can, you're like one of the uh, five-tenths of a percent of people that can and are considered sociopathic, you know, murders and shit like that. Now, here's what I was thinking, Dave. Sure. I think you could tickle yourself if you had multiple personalities. Uh, do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't think you can do that. No, man. What do you mean? No, man. I don't think that works. No, it totally could work. <laughs> if you had a split personality and Johnny's like, hey, hey Google, man, yeah, how does this feel? And Sarah's like, oh, don't do that to me. And Billy's like, oh, let me get it on too. I think it would be possible if you had multiple personalities. The left yourself. side and the right side. You know what? I might just write a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> on people with multiple personalities. Can you even spell thesis? Yes, I can. The problem is, would anybody read this paper? Probably not. Okay, so let's get into the doc. So immediately we meet a New Zealand pop culture reporter by the name of David Ferrier. Now, he's kind of like, um, what's that What's that part of the news where they're like, and hey, this is what's going on in the neighborhood, you know? Yeah, fuck. Not man on the street, but, you know, whatever. He does that stuff. And they show him. He's, like, introduced, uh, interviewed Justin Bieber. Oh. Um, He's interviewed Star Trek cosplayers. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Klingon. Big range. Yeah. Bieber Uh, to cosplay. But he he handles the local stuff, too. Like, he'll go down to the neighbors and be like, you know, how was your litter of donkeys this year? Yeah, anything that comes through whatever uh, New Zealand area. So he's a man of the people. The greater New Zealand area. So... He says, I've made a career out of looking at the weird and bizarre bizarre side of life. And then you hear some giggling on his computer and he's smiling away. And you're like, what's going on? What's he looking at? So he says- This he, is the dark web. He, I went down the dark web on yeah. this. Uh, by the way, incognito mode, if you're going to use dark web, just so you know. That does nothing. It did for me. It made you me feel fucking, a little bit better. You shouldn't. You're like, why? Well, just because it's actually dark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a black screen. That's crazy. They'll never find me yeah. now. So any, In the shadows. Anyway. Yeah, the screen is dark. The, di- the discovery is a strange video. And David immediately says, I found my new story. Mm-hmm. So he discovered an American company called Jane O'Brien Media that was running a monthly event. Young athletes from anywhere on the planet could apply. If selected, they got free flights to LA, four nights in a really nice hotel, and $1,500 cash. It was called Competitive Endurance Tickling. (laughs) You're at the Chuckle Hut. (laughs) So no, 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 no. It's not like that. They show a video, and we see five very young men, by the way. Uh-oh. Here's the thing. I'm assuming that they were like, show uh, me proof of age that you're 18. Uh. But all these these kids are dressed in Adidas track suits. 
<laughs> and Ma- they're, matching? They're no, because they're different colors for different teams. But they're wait, sitting. Wait, wait, how many people on each team? They don't get into that. But oh, they're okay. clearly like, this is the team. This is the red team. Whoa. This is the blue team. Sick. Yellow team. But they're all sitting on a bed. Okay. Okay. And the first guy goes, we're with CET, a competitive endurance tickling group. And uh, first of all, I'd like to give you a shout out, Jane O'Brien Media, for making this happen. And all the boys are like, ha, ah, thanks, Jane. We appreciate it. And then we see a tickling session go down. And one young man is tied up face down on the bed while two men straddle him like his midsection area. And then two men just work his feet. Bear? Yeah. Bear he's feet? Like, oh, yeah. And the guy's fuck. like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> so David oh my God. finds their Facebook page and it's got thousands of likes. Nice. Uh, and he says. Wait, what year is this happening? This is um, early uh, 2000s, I would say. Well, I mean, Facebook was. No. I'm, oh, no, no. When David's doing this, I think it's like 2010-ish. Okay. So. Uh, but they've been around a while, which we'll get to. Okay. Uh, so David says, with everyone in Adidas gear, it seemed to be some sort of tickling league. <laughs> so <laughs> come on, they, what? what? That's what your fucking mind jumps to. This is oh, he sees that there's suits, yeah, the, he sees the might be sponsored. No, that's not what you're, where you go to. Okay, well that's where he went. So he finds their Facebook page, and it has twenty two thousand plus likes at the time. So pretty fucking good. David, being a good reporter. Influencer. He, he shoots Jane O'Brien Media an email because he wants to interview him. So he gets an immediate response and it goes like this. To be brutally frank, association. So this is Jane O'Brien, Jane O'Brien Media, Media responding, responding back yeah. to their request for an, an interview. interview. David just wants to see what's up. Yeah. He's like, I'll do maybe like a five minute piece on you, you yeah. know, after I cover, you know, the the wind gauge at the beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever his yeah, how, the, how many seals we saw yeah, or whatever yeah, they sure, have down sure. there. Yeah. Uh so anyway, he's they say to be brutally frank, association with a homosexual journalist is not something we'll embrace. The fuck? Yeah, right off the gate. We Wait, des- is this guy a homosexual? We, I'll get there. Well no, I'm saying is Yeah, the- he is Dave. Oh okay. but the point is these guys dug up dirt and found out he was a homosexual. Jesus. And the, yeah, their first response is this, and then they add we desperately do not want a homosexual participant base applying for this project. My concern is that your journalistic style, fan base, and reputation in your own country. That's not even a sentence, by the way. Regards, Debbie Kuhn, Jane O'Brien Media. So he's like, what? So they, they dug up? Sh- like, I, he, apparently does- he's openly gay, oh, and he's on okay. the news. I got it. Okay, so, that's cool. Then. So David says it's a strange response, especially considering the sport did seem slightly gay. Right. And At over least the, uh, gay adjacent. <laughs> it's it's full blown. And if you see tick guys tickling guys, mm. we, th- there's no women around. Mm-hmm. That's homoerotic in my opinion. But mm-hmm. you'd have to see the video and you can be a judge. I mean, we could be for women. Oh, well, yeah, not just because they're too young. Wait, the act not, of doing it is homoerotic or the watching of it is homoerotic? Both. Okay. I would assume. Fair point. Okay. I guess if you're a man, then yes. Uh, anyway, David gets more unsolicited emails. Like, he doesn't even get to re- a chance to respond. He's getting, like, more emails. And then here's, here's one. The competitive reality tickling is a passionately and exclusively heterosexual athletic endurance activity. So he's basically saying no fags allowed. 
Yeah, like turning into that's why they want to call it a league. So it sounds straight <laughs> as fuck. So look, dogs got a league. And then they say we have recently read a Googled article about the knowledge of your living with a homosexual partner becoming quite a stir in New Zealand. Last email. The remainder of the globe does not in all corners share some of the more liberal acceptance of your lifestyle. To me, anything concerning homosexuality is at best an objective disorder. Shame on you. Little gay Kiwis, faggot. Yeah, ooh, yeah. drop the f bomb. Right? Yeah, right. Just and we're off to the races. David's like, okay, I Jesus. went to see what you guys are up Shocking. to. Now you're attacking me. This is a me. woman saying sending this. Or yes, man? this is Debbie Kuhn. Wow. So he's like, all right, now I'm really interested in the story. So yeah. uh, that's how you piss him off. He, call him that. He calls, dude. Who wouldn't be pissed off if, if they got called a faggot? Whether you're a faggot or you're a straight guy, somebody calls you a faggot, you're going to be pissed. Sort of. I mean, you don't definitely don't call gay people faggots. No. You can call regular dumb idiots faggots. Cause yeah, there's like a term of endearment, like, hey, faggot. No, or like, don't be a faggot. Don't be. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway. I don't, mean, I don't mean any of that. David's got, uh, of course you don't, but we, we, I understand what you're saying. So Obviously. David has a, uh, a tech friend named Dylan. Uh and he wants him to dig into the mysterious company. Oh, he's a tech friend? Yeah, he's in the computers and stuff? Yep, and whoever this overly aggressive woman is. So Dylan discovers that while Jane O'Brien Media seemed to be operated out of America, it was owned by a German company called Nieder Deitzen. Hmm. He finds out that Nieder Deitzen... Sounds German. It's or extremely or German. Or Swiss. Nieder Deitzen uh, owned nearly 300 domain names mostly all relating to tickling cool so they've got the tickling market covered in case smart. this blows up smart so here's a couple of highlights when i pause the screen uh ticklishguyscasting.com mm. ticklishguysclassics.com realitytickling.us and then pandapoop.la <laughs> i love pandapoop i don't understand why it's just something it's, I mean, it's i'm sure it has nothing to do with tickling the way like the website no of course not like, but like, i'm saying it's a category within pandapoop.com Right. No. Okay. So it's not people that are into like scat pan. I mean, it could be that as well, but it's just panda poop sounds cute. It's okay. I see the panda poop in the morning. So anyway, David and Dylan blog about what they found, and his story starts getting attention. And Reddit picks it up, and um, the dollop, the podcast, the dollop, they they cover it. So the dollop. According to David, he says people were so interested by what they discovered. He and Dylan decide to make a documentary and they make this public so two weeks later wait they make public that they're going to make the documentary yeah, yeah. Oh. they make it known that we're going to make a documentary are they like seeking funds for it i have no idea oh but the whole point is two weeks later jane o'brien media gets wind of this and um they use their attorney by the name of romeo salta now if you've heard his name before it's because you should have romeo salta was the attorney that was involved in a case involving the gay porn star in Canada who chopped up a guy and mailed all his body parts to Canadian politicians. <laughs> you ever hear this? I don't think I ever did, no. It was the guy who was in um, Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, so I never watched it, but damn. It's great. So anyway, the email from Salta is a threatening email and says they filed legal action in uh, the U.S., Mm-hmm. So David's like, I don't have money to get a, a New Zealand lawyer, let alone an, you know, an American lawyer. So then he gets a call, and Jane O'Brien Media tells them, 
hey, we're flying three people out from New York to see you. And David is suspicious that their intention is to come out and shut down his proposed documentary. Mm. So David shows up at the airport. And again, they don't say when he's co- when they're coming. So he's just like, I'll just be at there at 5 a.m. And then he, he makes a big rainbow-colored sign that says, Welcome, Marco and Jane O'Brien Media. And his theory is, I'll disarm any yeah. ill will with a, a gay <laughs> rainbow-colored rainbow, sign. Like you could have just been normal. So... My question is, if I'm making that sign, I'm writing, hey, welcome, uh, Jane O'Brien Media. Can we talk about why you keep calling me a faggot (laughs) all the time and emailing me? So anyway, the guys land. He finds them. And, you know, uh, David's like, hey, how's it going? Uh, I thought I'd make up a good welcoming sign. And this guy, Marco, says, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Good. How are you? It's so nice for you to come and meet us at the airport. And David's like, of course, you know, how was your flight? Did you get some sleep? And Marco's like, yeah, we got some sleep. David's like, oh, that's great. So then we see two other men come into frame. One is named Kevin Clark. Now, he's an old heavy set fat fuck with graying hair, and he's going to be a part of this story. So you need to remember Kevin Clark. And then apparently they brought the cabin boy, Adam, who's clearly like 18 years old. Oh, God. So they exchange pleasantries. Blood boy. And Marco, you know, says, hey, can I keep your sign? And David's like, yeah, of course. And they make plans to meet up the next day. Then Kevin comes into frame and says, "Uh, are we on camera right now? Uh Uh-oh. And immediately you get creep vibes from this guy. He's, uh, you know, like I said, mid-50s tubby, but he's super anxious. Yeah, yeah. With like this. What kind of haircut does he have? It's it's frayed, you know? It's just like, it's like kind of slick back. Okay. You know, but there's, he's just, he's panicky. He's a panicky fuck. Yeah. And- you know, David's like, yeah, we're just, you know, rolling from the beginning, you know, shooting our documentary here. And Kevin immediately says, I, I prefer if you didn't do that without telling us first. Okay. So you get a sense yeah, that this guy's just, wound pretty fucking tight. Yeah. Neurotic. Yeah. And David's like, well, we got a thing in New Zealand, you know, we're okay to film in public spaces. So I'm just following the journey. Right. <laughs> Kevin goes, listen, we're, we're not, we're not going to have a good time. If you do this, if you don't tell me what you're doing first, we're not going to get along. Uh, and then Adam, cabin boy, he's like, yeah, I really don't like this either. <laughs> That's the only thing he says. And then David's like, well, you know, we're shooting a documentary. And Kevin's like, I understand what you think you're doing, but I'm not going to allow you to 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 treat me without respect. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, you know, again, if I'm David, I'm like, respect? Your company called me a faggot. Right. So why don't we... Take it down a notch, right. and you apologize to me. Rolls back a little bit, baby. Yeah, and David's got to be like, well, just so you know, we're going to keep continuing to film. So Kevin's just like, yeah, you know what? You have fun doing that. Yeah. And then he just walks, walks off. Away. And then David's like, okay. So they brought, so they brought them in to New Zealand. Jane O'Brien. What are they? They didn't. They, they didn't expect? bring them in. Oh. Jane O'Brien sent these guys, unsolicited. To- Sent oh Jane O'Brien sent like yeah the oh just to oh sent them unsolicited sent these guys oh to meet with them for no reason oh they didn't they, David didn't invite them they just get a message just saying we're sending three people from Jane O'Brien Media to talk to you about your film oh, that shit. you're producing wow okay so anyway um, then the next day they want to David wants to meet and Marco says we don't want to be on camera. So we will meet with you guys, but no cameras. So these guys record the interview because they're fucking ace reporters. Right. They got audio. Yeah, of course. And video? 
they have video from outside, uh -huh, uh -huh. but you can't tell if that's the documentary producing yeah, it yeah. or if they're actually up in got the window. It, got it. So Marco says, one of the reasons that it's hard for us to go on camera uh, or take part in the documentary is that, first of all, we don't think it would be very good for the company that we work for because it seems like the spin, we would have no control over what the spin would be. Right. And, um, you know... We have uh, nothing to do with the legal matters, you know. I just love to see you guys be able to go in a positive direction. Yeah, these guys are the, the tickle muscle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and then he, he finishes and says, and I don't think that you're going to be able to find the answers that you're looking for. David's response, uh-huh, yep. Right, yeah, yeah, keep talking, <laughs> dummy. Yep. So Marco continues and he goes, and as far as Jane goes, I've never met Jane. You know, <laughs> whoever's emailing you, I've never met this person. Just a piece of advice, though. I mean, just kind of hey, off Jane? the record. Jane O'Brien Media. Oh, 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 you don't know who this person who's emailing these, you. Though. These guys are saying Jane O'Brien Media sent us out, but we don't even know who Jane is. Right. They're saying we work for the company. We've been instructed to come out and tell you that we don't appreciate you making this documentary. Right. But these guys are saying we don't even know who Jane is. Right. It could be this massive company. Yeah. So, you know. Um, Marco says clearly there's a lot of money involved in the story. I mean, you know, whatever you plan to do, it is, is it actually going to be worth the trouble that this person is probably going to put you through? So Dylan, he's trying to get to the bottom of this. He says, let me ask you a question. Have you, and he's talking to Kevin, have you ever met Jane O'Brien? And Kevin says, absolutely not. There are people in this world, in that world, in the world of a lot of money that will keep a firewall between them, and that's how they work. And well, Dylan, Dylan jumps in and he says, well, Jane O'Brien Mina keeps attacking us. And David continues, he says, I wake up every day, every morning to a new message from Jane O'Brien Media, who you guys work for, with a list of various personal attacks and legal threats against me. And Kevin comes out of nowhere and he goes, you started this fight. I didn't. You were the ones that decided that this is where you, you were going to go. You mocked us. You've done everything you could. You attacked us at the airport. You sidewinded us. <laughs> is he jiggly? Yeah, he's a jiggly he's, fuck. He's jiggly. And he's like, let me make a point here. If you want to stick your head in a blast furnace, do it. Uh. So, you know, David says, Kevin didn't take well to Dylan. <laughs> and he wants to meet alone. So they schedule another meeting the next day without camera, but David makes a piece of covert technology. Ooh. He puts a camera inside of a coffee cup. Ah, smart. Okay, yep. <laughs> Why he has the coffee cup to the guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about Jane? Yeah, huh? can you speak right into the coffee cup, sir? Uh, the camera's coming out of the, the hole. Um, Why don't you have any liquid in there? So they show the camera footage. It ends up just being pretty much aimed at David's own dick, but he gets the audio. <laughs> that's cool, that's so, fine. It's he okay. gets the audio. Yeah, you could tell that dick from a mile away. So Kevin on the audio says, what's your end game here? Ah. What, what do you get at the end of the day or even if you get everything you want? And what are we risking here? You know, do we really want someone coming after you with all that money? I've known a lot of rich people in my life. I've worked for a lot of them. They don't work by the same set of rules. They don't dangle people out of buildings anymore, but they don't have to. And that's the thing. They start using and suing and you're done halfway through or a quarter of the way through because it costs too much money to defend yourself. Yeah. 
So David's like, so essentially, I mean, um, unless we stop the doco, uh, we're fucked. Yeah. Um, and Kevin's like, I'm not going to use those words directly because that wouldn't be prudent. But let me rephrase. Unless you stop, unless you can figure out a way to ameliorate that situation, we all are. <laughs> okay. So David's like, we all are? Yeah. Like, and he's still like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. You know? And David says, you know, facing lawsuits and a company with deep pockets, he wonders if they should just walk away. But he says, Dylan's part of this now, and Dylan didn't want to give up to a bunch of bullies. So they have another phone conference. A league of bullies. They have another bullies. They <laughs> tickling bullies. Um, so they have another conference, and they say, you know, well, Dylan's going to keep pursuing this. And uh, Kevin's like, okay, um, if Dylan wants to do that, Dylan will do that. If you don't want to do that, then just walk away from it. And I... I will, Dylan will be dealt with accordingly. Uh, so uh, then Marco, he's the softer Gucci, guy. Gucci, 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 <laughs> Gucci, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gucci. Good one. Thank you, sir. They pull out, they pull out a briefcase yes. of all their tickling torture yes, yes, tools. The torture, yes, the torture tools. So Marco... This is all on the phone. He says, you know, the main thing, David, you know, that I wanted to tell you is that I think you're brilliant and you have a great career. So I was really, really happy to find out that you wanted to distance yourself from it. And I don't understand why Dylan wouldn't want to. Kevin says, well, if he wants to go ahead, let him do it. But he'll become a real target. And believe me, it'll be really ugly for him. And I, I would hate to see that. Right. You know, because he's got a family. Sure. And, you know, he's probably a good bloke, too. <laughs> I like the way he throws bloke in, like yeah. he's trying to, like, blend. What is bloke exactly supposed to mean? Just a chap. Oh. Yeah, you know, a good guy. Oh, good old bloke. So the phone hangs up, and David says, I've never heard threats like this in my life. Oh. All over some tickling. <laughs> they sounded so polite. Yeah. So Kevin and Marco, they fly back to America. Well, guess who else was going to go fly back to America? Uh, yeah. David and Dylan. Yeah. Because they're on the hunt. They're on the hunt. They got the, the smell. Buddy, you, the get a, you get a taste of a story, You it doesn't matter. You chase it like a real reporter. So David says, something about bullies with way too much money has convinced me I shouldn't drop it. Plus, we think there's a competitive tickling shoot happening this week. We've reached out to nearly 100 boys in the videos, but they all seem way too nervous to talk. Yeah. Except fat. one. Oh, a boy, except one. a young man named TJ. Ah, good old so TJ. TJ sits down for an interview with him. And TJ says, I met Kevin Clark downtown uh, in L.A. Uh, he seemed pretty normal at the time. My first impression, you know, was just he's a little weird, you know, and I was young at the time. Didn't think of, you know, anything. And he was like, 2000 bucks. Yeah, I'm in. It's going to be cool. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real cool, dude. And then I went inside and noticed it was all guys there. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, oh, uh, uh, I didn't know I was going to get tied down. Uh, he said, I had no idea. Honestly, I was like, okay, what? At this point, I was like, all right, you know what? It's already going down. I don't really know what it's for, but hopefully nobody will ever see it. Right. So we see T TJ's tickling. Uh, there's a lot in between what happens, what he's, what he's talking about there. It's like, oh, what? Tickling? Uh, 
okay, whatever. Let's just do it then. It's kind of like after you've already paid the hooker and then yeah, you realize yeah, yeah. she has a dick. Yeah. You're just like, just go with it. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they show yeah, T- go with the rest of your shit out <laughs> my door. They show TJ and he's on his back and he's straddled by a guy and he's tickling him. And then all of a sudden, guys start slowly entering the frame and joining in. One's on his tummy. Then they go for his toes. Another guy (laughs) goes for his, you know, armpits. And he's like, "Ah!" (laughs) and he says, no. Oh, Oh, fuck. This actually tickles, dude. Fuck. I'm being violated on so many levels right now. Get the fuck off my feet. (laughs) It doesn't look fun. Yeah. Do they have like a secret word? Like that, a, I don't know. That's a very good question. What do they call it? A safe word. Safe word. So TJ continues. He says there were other athletes. There were MMA guys. There was a bodybuilder, actors. Uh, he said, I'd seen some of these actors in commercials. Hey, t- Hollywood's a tough town, buddy. If you <laughs> got to pay the rent, me now? if you got to pay the rent, you're going to go to a tickling. Holy shit. Is that the Verizon guy? Yeah. Fucking tickling. <laughs> tickle my Can feet you hear me now? Hey, who's your agent? <laughs> Can you tickle me now? Can you tickle me now? Oh, uh, Flo. Getting a tickle ah, job. Ah, Flo. Um, Don't so, go near her. Hoo hoo. So, because of the flow, obviously. <laughs> Stupid. He I mean, says. He okay. says it was a torture project. He he says that's what I believe Kevin Clark told me. Something to do with the military. What? Yes, he says. I I no I, way. Yeah, he Sick. says I thought it was bullshit. Oh, that's what he was thinking. Yeah, was. but he said no military is going to use tickling as a torture tactic. Fuck yeah, they will. Now he, they, of course they will because I when I went down my rabbit hole. Oh, I God. found out that uh, China had been doing it for years. Oh, boy. And who knows? You know MK Ultra had a piece of it. Yeah. Um, so it has been done in the past. So David says, when did the video come back to get you? <laughs> <laughs> TJ says, it was about a year, maybe a little more. I'd Google myself once in a while to read old articles or see what teams might have listed me in tryouts. And to my surprise, uh, the video was on YouTube. So just so you know, TJ is an amateur football player. He's trying to get like jobs in football, right? Like semi-pro teams. Cool. Uh, no idea if he was a tight end or wide receiver. I didn't Ooh. look. So anyway, TJ, TJ emails Jane O'Brien Media and says, "Take the video down," and he doesn't get a response. So he takes matters into his own hands and says, "Hey, YouTube, take this shit down. They're illegally using my name, and YouTube complies." And he uh-huh. says, "That's when it started." Uh So then Jane O'Brien emails TJ, and this is the actual email. Now I'm laughing. I don't think you've grasped the magnitude of what you've provoked. I'm interested to see how you handle the fallout. So far, badly. Regards, (laughs) Debbie J. Kuhn. Same people that we heard from before that emailed David. Yeah. So TJ says, that's when this Deborah person popped into my life. I mean, all hell broke loose. Every kind of search you could find, it was up there. It pops up in my emails, more on YouTube, and it just starts blowing up everywhere. And there were threats that said, watch out, your family better watch out, because we're going to put your last name to shame. Anytime you search your last name, it's going to pop up. They ended up making a website as well, putting all his personal information. They fucking doxed Dox the kid. Ass? Yeah. Wow. So they show uh, one of the videos online, and it's titled... TJ is ticklish. Oh. Second time, all guys. <laughs> so then Debbie like Kuhn. A beef trailer. 
What's a beef trailer? I mean, like I don't know, like a, just like a, a, a negative ad, a yeah. negative ad sort of like yeah. Like but campaign. they're clearly just being like, yeah, yeah, you're fucked, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, Debbie Kuhn starts sending emails to all the high schools that he's coached at. Oh, oh, oh yeah, man, what if, yeah, it's ruthless. Yeah. So all for a fucking video, who knows on YouTube? Here's no, listen, listen know. to this email. I, it is, yeah. I have additional information as a past employer. You don't want this guy in your league. Can you afford the distraction in the press with an outed gay guy having a male tickling fetish in which he likes to tickle and be tickled and tied up by other gay athletes and bodybuilders? This is the worst $2,000 this guy ever made in his fucking life. And of course, he's like, the allegations are are fake. He's like, I'm not gay. I'm not a drug addict. Uh, They also accused him of being a child molester. Oh, yeah. But he says he'd go to tryouts, and the first thing he would naturally think of is, if these coaches saw any of my YouTube videos, yeah, I'm screwed. Right. And he says it actually happened. He said uh-huh. he had coaches say, look, you're the best position, but we can't have a, a media distraction, and they went with somebody else. So it yeah, did I cost can't have a distraction. We can't have you around. It'll be fucking how hard all day, dude. We're looking at your fucking tickle videos for months now. Can you get one of me? Can you give me one of those Adidas shirts? Yeah. I like the blue team. <laughs> so anyway, David says it's obvious we're not the only ones being harassed by Jane O'Brien media. And there were so many websites made up like TJ's, which seemed to exist purely to shame the boys who had been tickled. What goes on at these shoots and why is she so aggressive? Well, Dylan's been doing some research and he thinks he knows where the next shoot is going down. Wow, where's that? Right downtown LA, right where they just met TJ. Oh, great. So they stake out the studio where the tickling uh, is going down and... They're like doing full on, you know, white van with the fucking windows <laughs> blacked paid off, out. Paid off some bums to leave them alone. They've got three cameras inside the car. Yeah. They haven't probably had a good shit in three days yeah. staking this thing out. I want to do that one day. Uh, no, you don't. It stinks. And then not that the stakeout part. Yeah, it stinks yeah, well. in the in the van. You got to like, piss in fucking coffee cups because you can't leave. It's like a lazy road trip. Yeah, where are you going? Nowhere. I'm just going to go follow some people. Just going to watch this guy for three days. <laughs> just watch this guy. See uh, who's this guy? Bring a stick of deodorant if you want to hang out. We'll have fun. I don't know. Some guy just. So they stake out the Cut tickling. Cut me off on the 101, this guy. They okay. stake out the tickling shoot and they see four guys going in. And sure enough, they spot Kevin oh, from New Zealand. The noisy one. Yep. They hear laughter coming out of the vents, and it went on for hours. Hack me! Hack me! They see the boys occasionally coming out from cigarette for cigarette breaks. Oh yeah, <laughs> Kevin Stick comes out too much, man. <laughs> Kevin comes out to give them pep talks. <laughs> Get in there! So, <laughs> Get in there! Getting, tickle your balls off. It's getting late in the day. Now, David's apprehensive about confronting Kevin because he's got this pending litigation from these Jane O'Brien lawyers, but he's like, I'm getting my shot. Yeah. He shows up, does not bring the rainbow sign this time. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so he says, he walks over by the door and he's like, hello, Marco. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, Adam, how's it going? Wow. They brought Adam back. Adam just goes, oh, my God, <laughs> runs out. David's like, hello, sir. Kevin, you're, you're, you're not welcome here. And David's like, what do you mean? We're not welcome here? Kevin, shut the door, and I'm calling the police. Bye. Out. Uh, 
all right, well, we'll head off. You don't want to do any final chats or anything? And then you just see Adam, the lackey, he just pulls the fan from outside and, like, bring it oh, in yeah. and slam the door in his face. It gets oh, you need a fan. There. You need some fan for it those gets, tickles. It gets hot in there. Oh, yeah. So David uh, says, I think after New Zealand and after that, it's safe to say we're not going to get an interview with Kevin or Marco. Right. Uh, and we couldn't get any more competitors to talk. But on they camera. also said that they don't know who's emailing them. Yeah, they're fucking lying. Obviously, okay, right, right, right. I mean they have to be. Right. I I mean in that's how I took it obviously. at the time. Got it, got it. So, but he says nobody will talk on camera because they're all getting harassed and terrified. So Dylan and David, they have this kind of like con- crisis of conscience. They're like, are we making this worse by doing this, or you know, should we keep on trying to get to the bottom of this? Right. And they do. So they head off to Orlando to talk to another man who makes tickling videos. <laughs> so For them? He, for himself, not uh, Joe O'Brien. Oh, maybe. yeah, he's an independent. He's huh? an independent. But he knows all about them, doesn't he? He's going he's gonna to tell you some stuff. Oh, you need to know. So David says... Well, the world of tickling. Jane O'Brien clearly isn't being honest about what the videos are for. And I'm convinced that despite the Adidas gear, it's not a real sport. Oh, really? <laughs> So they go to Orlando and they meet a guy named Richard Ivy. Um, He's a a tickling fetish guy who produces tickling videos out of a house he rents. (laughs) Does he rent out the house or is he renting the house from somebody? He has a house that he he said, I used to do this in my house, but it just got too... You know, yeah, yeah, too yeah. much, too much people and going. So then I rented another house yeah. just to do tickling shit. It's a shithole, by the way. Right. There's holes in the wall. Yeah. Fucking laundry on the floor. Sure. But, you know, he says... You need people- one good wall. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm one- sure a couple of those people, once they got out of the restraints, <laughs> the wall was the first thing they went to go hit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's probably got a drywall on, on call, sure. is my point. Um, so he says, people ask me all the time, what's the appeal of tickling? And he says, it's kind of like the whips and chains, you know, bondage sort of thing where someone's getting flogged, but it's just really brought down a level, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Something weird, like weird about the laughter plus the. Yeah. That's the creepy train. level yeah. is what I'm saying. I think it's way creepier than regular BDSM. It's like. So he says, it's kind of like sadistic exerting your will on someone else and having them do something out of their control, like laughing, you know, without being able to get away with it. As if it's uh, tickle torture to them. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So they show his basket of tickling tools, okay? There's like a, a brush, uh, a feather, um, some belts and restraints. Yeah, some, okay. har- some harnesses. You're starting to drop off here on the tickling stuff. Yeah, and then they show an electric toothbrush. Oh, which but... immediately creeped me the fuck out. Why is that? Because anytime I see a toothbrush that's a little dirty, I think of the the fucking old um, wives. It's not one one not when they're old wives tales. What do they call urban, urban legends? Urban, urban legends. Whole about the thing about, about the toothbrush butthole bandits. Oh, what? Yeah. So is that a band? Shitty band from Alabama. <laughs> no. So the toothbrush butthole bandits, as the story goes, it was like if you were um, you went on vacation and you came back to your hotel room, everything's been stolen except oh. the camera uh, that you uh, took. Uh-huh. And then you get home and then you develop the film and you see your toothbrushes stuck up the thieves' buttholes. Fuck me, dude. I am super protective of my uh, toothbrush. I never leave it out when I'm in hotels. Because uh, like I'm a, some comedians. I'm afraid of the... 
toothbrush bottle. Comedy condo shit. Um, So David says, you know, a lot of people don't seem to know about the tickling fetish. Do you think it's a little bit more unknown? And Richard says, totally. Yeah, completely. Because, you know, most people, they know about foot fetish and, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, most people, when it comes up to me, uh, they're like, wow, that's a thing? So (laughs) he tells his story. He goes, I got into this in 1999. I just got out of grad school. You know, I had a video camera, put together a little business plan, borrowed six grand, started up my site. In a year, I was making enough money to do it full time. Now, they actually show his website, which I spent way too much time on. Well, research. Right, right, right. What's the name of it? It's called (laughs) myfriendsfeet.com. Yeah. They show an ad that says, tons of photos and videos of tickled, helpless jocks. Oh, fuck. Uh, see them now, just 1995. Best deal at six and 12 months. The hugest, most giant, colossal, and awesome male foot sock and tickling site right. on the planet. Hunks in socks. Yeah. So maybe there's a thing. You, uh, yeah. you go for socks or no socks. Sure. And then the, they all, there's also. You don't have to ask if there's a thing. <laughs> there's, also, there's just always there's a thing. There's lots of things. Yeah. There's also a naked guy in a bathtub with his feet hanging out over the tub. So, like I said, I spent too much time on the site, but more on that later. So Richard takes David into the studio and shows David his setup. And apparently David, our David, ran out of clean laundry because he shows up wearing a tie-dyed uh, tie Orlando t-shirt. Toy-doid. It's like a gift shop t-shirt? Yes. Like he didn't even have <laughs> like time to SeaWorld. do his, Yeah. No, like at the Whatever. fucking airport, yes. you know? Yes. Like literally okay. like, hey, yeah. what? Fuck it. What's it? Orlando, what's, 1999 yeah, or what's something. what's the name of the fucking airport in Orlando? It's a shithole. It's okay. the worst airport I've ever been to, by I'm the way. There's like five bathrooms in that fucking airport. Yeah. It's the worst. So... Anyway, he shows him around the studio. It's sketchy. Um, anyway, it's uh, he's like, you know, perfect day to arrive here because I got a, I got somebody coming in for a session. Okay. So David's going to sit in on session, and we see a tickle model get into a chair. It's like one. It's like a reclining chair. Another male. Yeah, it's a it's a guy, but it's a reclining chair. But at the edge, it's got those like uh, medieval racks. Uh, right, right, like the lock, like the, stock, the lock, and barrel. Right, right, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, the, go over your ankles. Yeah, so he straps him in. Oh, boy. And then um, David says to him, he's like, have you ever done anything like this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I uh, get you? you? I think you look nice in brass. He's like, uh, is this a unique thing for you? Um, and the guy's like, I've never worked for a tickling site before. And David's like, well, what did you think when you got the pitch? And uh, he's like, I laughed about it. You know, he's like, I'm a risk taker. I said, why not? You know? Um, so then Richard straps him in and uh, Richard goes, okay, you ready? And the guy's like, take it easy on me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got to enjoy my freedom for a bit. And Richard oh, goes, God. wave goodbye. Oh boy. <laughs> wave. It sounds like some fucking cheesy, like guitarist on stage. Like, wave goodbye your freedom. Well, that's exactly what he says. He goes, I'm not getting out. Oh shit. The world's tickling. Richard's like, catch your breath before we start. Oh, Guy breath caught. Okay. And then he just dives in. Oh, boy. Okay. He works his feet. Then he goes to the armpits, Uh, which is really weird to uh, to watch. The sides. And then um, he works the nipples, uh, like twisting them. Yeah. Which will be a big point of contention later on. All right. This is gay. I changed my mind. And then he pulls out the sonic hair. 
No, what? The toothbrush. Oh, yeah, fuck. I forgot about the Yeah, and just, just takes it down his back. Oh, and the okay. guy's just dying. And then Richard looks at him and says, now tell everybody what a tough guy you are. Oh, God. And the guy's like, I hate this. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, so anybody weird. that's getting tickled is going to sound feminine or like, you know, whatever. So afterwards, you know, David's like, so when did you realize that you found tickling to be an erotic thing, Richard? He's like, you know, I was like five, six, maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> An erotic thing? Jesus. Erotic. Er- erotic. Yeah, he says, I think I saw erotic. a cartoon or a magazine. <sighs> and, you know, that kind of interests me as a little kid. And, you know, cartoon characters being tickled or tied up. I don't know what the <sighs> fuck he was watching. <sighs> um, and, what you know, fucking- he's like, I got fascinated. So then Richard looks at the guy. He's still in the rack. And he goes, how do you feel? The guy's like, I feel tired. I'm sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Richard goes, can I get you some water? Yeah, yeah, water would probably work. <laughs> oh, God. So, my take is this. It sounds like a woman just had a multiple orgasms. Here's my, my take. If David had not been there, I'm pretty sure standard operating procedure is, uh, can I get you some water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, um, that'll be 100 bucks, or else I put this electric toothbrush up your butthole. <laughs> so that's just, Wait, so who's paying who here? Um, Richard's paying the guy. The man. Richard's paying the guy. Yeah, he needs content. Rich, Rich, yeah, Richard wants yeah. to tickle him. Yes. Yeah, David just showed up on the right day. Great. So anyway, David presses Richard because he's got a, a case to work with. He's like, party time's over. Um, Excellent. And he says, tell me more. And he says, well, I started to become comfortable with this fetish. And uh, I started to realize that it was a part of myself. So when I got on AOL, talk about dating yourself, yeah, and did ASL. search and did a search for what I was looking for, I found wow, there's actually you know quite a lot of people just like me. And he says at the time in the late '90s there was somebody that posted on the message boards frequently, and she said her name was Terry. Oh, Terry Tickle. Terry Tickle. <laughs> so he says Terry was DeSisto funny. was her real name. Oh. She always had a picture of herself, a real picture. She was a pretty blonde, college-age girl. And she always posted the same verbiage for things she was looking for. This is not porn. My interest is in tickling. Yes. And she said she called herself a tickling fanatic. And the posts were everywhere. And then... Like phone number or email or what? Everything. She was spamming all portions of the webs to try and get as much tickling videos as she could. And... He says, those were the first tickling videos I ever saw on the internet. Now, David, he says, there's still some traces of Terry Tickle from the 90s. And as Richard said, she was tickle obsessed. Like Jane, O'Brien Media, she also hired other people to shoot the videos she wanted. So next, they tracked down a man by the name of David Starr, Uh. uh, who claims he was Terry Tickle's casting agent. Okay. From 1999 <laughs> to 2006. Okay. How the fuck do you ever fall into a job yeah, like this yeah, is what yeah. I want to know. Well, he's an old timer. He's probably 70 uh. now. And he drives a piece of shit car around town and he wears an old NASA hat. He's a character. And he says, well, just a strange, rich brat, I guess you could say. Someone who uh, got a rocks off by uh, seeing guys... Uh, Tied and tickled, obviously an extreme dominatrix. 
So David says for most of his life, he'd worked on the edges of the entertainment industry, <laughs> even <laughs> acting in a couple pornos. The fringe. Um, and during the 90s, he found Terry's uh, posts online looking for tickling videos. Right. So he reaches out and finds out that Terry's looking for guys 18 to 23. And he's like, this is right up my alley. Um, David says, well, what was she looking for specifically? And Star says, tickle torture films. Aww. Yep. She claimed torture. it was private collection. So I was thinking, all right, this is an amateur I'm working with, but I rapidly took into a took it to a professional level. So David has videotapes of his original casting videos. And they show him, and like he's in this shitty, like looks like a motel room. <laughs> and he's yeah. you can see Red. him in, see him in the mirror. And the uh, guy's face is blacked out. And Star yeah. says, uh, are you ticklish? <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, I am. His face is blurred out. And he goes, all right, take a step towards me. <laughs> Put your hands behind your back. Interclasp your hands. All right, take a step back. All right, right about there. Okay, interclasp them and do not release them anytime during the tickle test. <laughs> David so says, bossy, Jesus. Yeah, David said, we put them through their stage one audition, oh, which is the questions the, and the test tickles. The baseline tickling. He looks at him and says, don't, do, do not collapse. Stay looking at us. It's like that scene from uh, Blue Velvet. Don't you fucking look at me. Yeah, it's like, <gasps> <gasps> it's like the uh, uh, lie detector text. You have to take like baseline questions. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get your baseline. Yeah. And then he goes, stage two is, uh, you know, tying them to the table, tickling them, flipping them every 15 minutes like a piece of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then after that, we had the competitive tickling at that point. Tickle wars and stuff like that. <laughs> and that would involve a massive production. So anyway, Star worked for Terry for five years. And he says when Terry would get hospitalized, she'd get hospitalized for like six months at a time. Uh, we don't know why. Oh, uh. But she would write David letters specifying exactly what she wanted in the tickling video. So now here's Ooh, an excerpt from one of those letters. I like it. David, Merry Christmas. So sorry I'm in the hospital with mono. Uh, <laughs> David, just a few things I need you to do. Tell them I will send the computer as soon as I'm well. Oh, his name is Josh. Um, oh, I hope to be back online in Fab. I'm still sick in bed. That's all for now. TD. <laughs> so David says at the time... She wanted to put up and did indeed put up a website with unauthorized videos ag uh. against the agreement of the talent. So oh. he says he flipped his lid. Oh, he shit. says, and lo and behold, she goes and registers domains in their original names. Oh, fuck. Yep, really? And proceeds to release all their content on those particular websites. Wow, that seems illegal. Yeah, of course it is. So. Star says, well, that's when the crap started happening with me. Right. <laughs> he says, because I closed down submissions for her. And he says, basically, I was her tickling drug dealer. Yeah. And since she wasn't getting her drug anymore, she was going through tickle withdrawals. <laughs> Slinging them laughs. So he says he started receiving strange postcards and strange messages. The talent was starting to receive messages. You see this fucking feather? You know you don't even know what the fuck I'm going to do with this fucking feather. It's worse than that. Uh -oh. She deployed a thing called the phone blaster. <gasps> oh. And 
that went out to all these people and they have an actual tape recording of it. And it's a woman on a tape. It's like a mechanical voice. And it says, you have been identified as a known associate of homosexual pornographer, David (laughs) W star, your phone number, personal information, and your precise relationship with David W star are entirely known and subject to publication on the internet. David star does not value your privacy. Harry, horny, and hook-nosed. Jesus. Thank you for your time, interest, and f- attention to this advisory. Goodbye. Wow. Harry, horny, and hook-nosed. Where does the hook-nose come from? Uh, she's an anti-Semite. Oh. She's calling him a, a Jew. Oh, shit. She's a piece of shit. Yeah. So Star says, clearly she's on drugs. He says, this person's got to be into crystal. You know, or if it's not crystal, she's taking cocaine up her ass. Yeah, boofing. I love the way that those are his two two solutions. He's like, this is clearly coke in the asshole behavior. So um, I actually found um, some of David Starr's messages on a blog chat after this whole thing came out like 10 years later. And he does reference cocaine in the butthole and accuse whoever this was of boofing blow. So apparently, Fucking I think real ass dude. I think he might have had some dirt on this person. Yeah. So, anyway, he had some dirt on his coke. <laughs> David kept a number of the letters letters Terry had sent him over the years, and he pulls uh, uh, open his trunk, and then pulls out a bag and shows David on the street. And uh, how do you think the first one's going to start? Harry, uh, horny and hook nosed. <laughs> Jewish Jewish tickler filmer David W. Starr is a hook-nosed, hairy, and horny. He also has the last name Starr, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, he also shows a previously open, unopened card. He he's been sitting on it and he opens it up and it's a poem. Oh. It says roses are red, violets are blue. She forgot the L. David W. Starr has brought this upon you. Maybe Perhaps, you mean something. Maybe. Maybe it's code. Yeah. Perhaps you wish, perhaps instead, that David, your failure, not Edward, were dead. Jesus. He says that's a reference it, to so his dead brother. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so they pause so it. Brutal. They don't finish the poem, but I went in deep. I had to read oh, the whole poem. Pause it and you look. Yeah. So it goes, yes, life has endowed you with a great deal of failure, living humiliated like white trash in a trailer. <laughs> but this was close. She, she spelled trailer O-U-R. <laughs> Trailer. Trailer. Um Sounds custom. Harry and horny. horny. Harry and, and horny. horny. David W. Star is hook nosed. Harry oh, and horny. So, like, where did you come up with this stupid fucking thing that you got to, like, keep throwing? It's his go to. It's his calling card. So David says, all right, he says, when you're getting all this material, and someone was talking about your brother who passed away and writing, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it must have just been, you know, not nice receiving that. Sure. And Star's like, yeah, and I was getting it on a weekly basis. Yeah. He even got a birthday card. Oh. And he pulls out the birthday card and it says, happy birthday, Edward Star, dead. <laughs> so then he says, this is David, R. David. He says, the more I hear about Terry DeSisto, the more she sounds like Jane O'Brien. To state the obvious, they both really enjoy tickling. 
They also like being in control and lashing out. And it turns out Terry's habits started way before David Starr got involved. I found a journalist who spent a year uncovering the truth about Terry DeSisto during the 90s. Wow. Yep. You ready to meet a guy named Hal Karp? Okay. Sounds like a, a relief pitcher to me. Yeah. Bring in the lefties. <laughs> so Hal says... Bring in the lefties. <laughs> Hal says Terry DeSisto's MO was to bait these boys into making tickling videos with things that they wanted. So he says, imagine being a teenage boy. And you get a random email saying, you know, I saw your post about wanting to go to the Fish concert. Uh, can I send you $1,000 in cash? And you're living in your dorm, and the next day FedEx comes and shows a box to you, and it's full of $10, $100 bills. You haven't even done anything yet. Yeah. She would just keep sending these people, these young kids, whatever they wanted. Computers, yeah. cameras, like These are the, the workers. But they haven't even done anything yet. Okay. Yes. Whoever's doing this... Spending a lot of money. Smoking them. Yeah. So then when they say they're done, um, according to Carp, he says what she hated was the word no. Right. She'd say, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to make your life hell. Like, I'm going to send clips of these videos to your wrestling coach. Right. Which we've oh. seen the MO before with Ter Ter uh, yeah, TJ. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to send these to your mom, your grandmother the president of your university. I like how he goes to his first go to his wrestling coach. Cause that's how <laughs> that's growing up. Yes. He's like, fuck if I, my wrestling coach finds out I'm gay, well, I'm done. You, and not only that, a lot of kids, they don't have a father. The wrestling coach right. is the person they it's look up point. to. Yep. Uh, she, he, she also threatens, I'm going to shut down the entire college campus computer system. And they're going to think it's you. Wow. She, she did that, it. Oh, she, she pulled it off. That kind of power. Well, here's where we find out that she did. We meet journalist Debbie Skoblinikoff. Oh. And De Debbie says, the first story I did was because of her attack on Drexel University. Oh, shit. She found the student who, who made videos for Terry. And then he went to college. He wanted to stop making the videos. And Terry retaliated and shut down the entire you know, university emails and blamed him on it and also email bombed the White House. Oh, God. Well, that's, come on. Claimed it was from the kid and the Secret Service actually showed up. Of course they did. To talk to this 19-year-old kid. Of course they did. So I did a deep dive and I found Debbie's original article titled Tickle Me, Terry. <laughs> this is from uh, May 5th, no, uh, May 12th, 98. Here's her original article. This past weekend, at least one email message and possibly hundreds was sent to the president. At of the least one or possibly hundreds was sent to the president of the United States oh, God. soliciting videotapes of young men being tickled. It was one of tens of thousands of such emails sent out to computer users throughout the world, which had a return address from Drexel University. The message also implicated a notorious tickling fetishist, Terry DeSisto, a.k.a. Terry Tickle, who had been spamming internet groups for two years, offering young cash and or computers in exchange for videos of them being tickled. DeSisto's appeals usually included the following information. My name is Terry. I am a female college student in the Boston area that is a total tickling freak. As a hobby... One that cost me a lot of money 
I maintain a personal collection of amateur videos featuring guys being tickled, usually for 30 to 60 minutes, <laughs> by a girlfriend, good girlfriend, girlfriends, or even guy friends. I am not a business, video trader, or porn solicitor. My interest is in tickling. DeSisto insists that her obsession with tickling is not sexual, but merely a fetish that has helped to make her a celebrated internet personage. 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 While there is scant real-life confirmation that any of the personal information she provides is true, there is evidence that DeSisto lives in New York. Her claim to have amassed a collection of more than 140 such videos for which she has paid tens of thousands of wow. dollars appears to be valid. And like no monetary back, no. Like nothing, huh? No, she's a collector. You ever nothing. seen the bone collector? You ever <laughs> seen seven? <laughs> it's like that. Collector. They're in for themselves. Oh, great. Samples of her videos show young. Can we use any other collection. Shirtless and sockless men tied up and tickled with audio sockless. that consists of screams, howls, or hysterical laughter. Right. Despite the fact that she flout, flouts the standards of acceptable internet behavior, a.k.a. netiquette. I haven't heard yeah, that yeah, in yeah, years. Yeah. DeSisto insists that she herself has done nothing illegal. She does admit to have been nasty towards Drexel University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, highly illegal. Yeah. So uh, DeSisto admitted to having done uh, a Kuwait on the student uh, employing internet weapons of mass destruction, causing him to lose websites and internet accounts. Okay. In recent online discussions with DeSisto, she has intimated that such harassment will continue and that the Drexel student's email address is being used as the return address for hundreds of thousands of bulk emails oh. promoting such services, pro pornographic websites, and water, water purification systems. Oh, thank God. So Hal adds, I got word about a kid who was in a situation. Terry was pressuring this kid to make videos, and he needed help. And somebody said they could help him. Oh. He said, if you email Terry this exact zip drive, she will leave you alone. Well, this zip drive contained documents from Terry's hard drive. There were files relating to tickle shoots, amongst others, but they also revealed the true identity of Terry Tickle. Oh. Yes. Wow. It wasn't a she. Huh. It was a man named David D'Amato. Oh. Which I kind of saw coming. Oh, lame. So it's just some dude. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Gay. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. Debbie has a follow-up article three years later. Yeah, when it's a woman doing this, it's kind of sexy. But now that, now that you know it's a man, now, like, now you're creeped out? Are you creepy. convinced it's gay now? Yes, it's gay now. Okay. So three years later, uh, Debbie follows up with an article called Who's Laughing Now? <laughs> Clever. Online fetishist Terry Tickle faces possible jail time after pleading guilty to two cyber crimes. Three years ago, an infamous tickling fetishist and internet terrorist, a.k.a. Terry Tickle, <laughs> launched a cyber attack on Drexel University. Pretty gangster, internet yep. terrorist. Um, so she, you know, uh, what do you call it, email bombed the president's inbox and flooded other computer mailboxes with thousands of emails, which implicated this freshman student. Right. Last month, after a three-year investigation, 
by the FBI's computer crime squad, a 39-year-old man, David P. D'Amato, acknowledged his role in the Drexel attack. He pleaded guilty in a Boston federal court to two other university computer server assaults. He has been charged with violating the Federal Computer Fraud and Abuse Act by intentionally illegally accessing and damaging the computer systems of Suffolk University in Boston and James Madison University in Harrisburg, Virginia. Ah. Here's his penalty. Ah. He faces a maximum penalty of one year in prison and a $100,000 fine on ah. each of the two counts, as well as restitution to the victims for causing the computer systems to crash. Uh, DeSisto slash D'Amato claimed to be a 23-year-old female Boston College student. We went over all that. Um, and apparently, Terry Tickle's sadism was not limited to video. He, she regularly retaliated using those internet weapons of mass destruction. Right. So the bombshell is that uh, D'Amato was revealed to be an assistant principal at a high school oh, in gross. Long Island. Yep. So they uh, reached out to D'Amato, and he declined to comment on the charges. He said, I can't talk to you about it at all. Not a word. That's not something I'm prepared to discuss. My name is David D'Amato. I'm not in position to discuss anyone named Terry DeSisto. So the Drexel student who left and then moved to Boston uh, is happy that, you know, David is, you know, going to jail for all this. Right. Um, Ironically, the student recalled that while he was a high school senior, DeSisto had threatened to send the 17-year-old student's videos to a high school assistant principal. Uh. In this email message, I will be returning all of your videos to you tomorrow, courtesy of your assistant principal. I want nothing more to do with you ever again. You are unreachable, a total shit, a <laughs> self-centered, egomaniacal little fag. Wow. A girly boy without a set of balls. Oh, Jesus. Life is going to fucking crucify you. Wow. So it's finally over. Wow. Hal adds, when he did more checking, he found out that D'Amato had worked at eight schools in 10 years. Oh, uh, that's mm -hmm. a red flag. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Uh, he says there's, that's not just incompetence. Um, and then he also found social security numbers for her that had been obtained fraudulently with dead people's names. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I, that's Terry DeSisto. Yep. So he calls the FBI and he gets him arrested within a week. Nice. Now here's the problem. He got off in, <laughs> in the sentence. <laughs> Did he now? Yep. Um, he wasn't even uh, appointed uh, internet restrictions. Wow. And then he was going to go to law school as terms of the agreement that uh -huh. the judge put out. And it turns out David D'Amato's father, George, co-founded one of Wall Street's biggest law firms, D'Amato and Lynch. Huh. And David got a good lawyer out of the situation. Of so as part of his plea, he was allowed to serve his sentence in a halfway house while he studied law at his father's alma mater and mine, by the way, Fordham University. Oh, wow. Go Rams. Fordham University, <laughs> F you. Um, Hal says the judge decided that he would endorse the law school path because this is exactly the kind of person that should right, become a lawyer. Yeah. Somebody who's defrauded people, somebody who's stolen people's identities, a Federal freaking crime, All they right? care about who their daddy is. Yep. Stolen uh, a social security number of a dead woman, of two dead people. And D'Amato 
pled guilty to two federal counts of computer fraud and abuse. Uh, nothing about the tickling. Nothing about the boys. Nothing about identity theft. Zero. Nothing. Wow. However, once Fordham became aware of D'Amato's convictions, they uh, revoked his admission. Ah, oh, bitches. Go, go Rams. Go Rams. So, um, uh, good for them, actually. David comes across D'Amato's jailhouse letters again. And they say um, a few other things. Um, this is to David Starr. Um, explain my illness. Tell him I'll pay everything owed as soon as the mono is better. Oh, can you get headshots? I won't be online <laughs> for a while. While I was in jail? Yeah. Oh, I won't be online for a while as I'll I'm very be... sick. Yeah, that's what it is. So David finds out that Terry Tickle disappeared oh. in 2006. Oh, shit. So coincidentally, that's when Jane O'Brien Media arrived on the scene. Wow. So he posits this theory online, and D'Amato finds out about it, and he's not happy. Right. So he hired not one, but two what private... What does D'Amato look like? He's a f exactly what you would think a creep would look like. Fat fuck, four hairs on his head that he comes over. Yeah. You know what Ugh. I mean? Tubby fuck. But Tucked in t-shirt? Real greaseball. Yeah, of course. And it's, you know... It's one size too short because yeah. he's got a gunt on him. Yeah. So anyway, D'Amato sticks these uh, private investigators on him, one in New Zealand, one in New York. And uh, they say, you got to stop what you're doing. And that he also, uh, D'Amato uh, denies being a part of Jane O'Brien Media. So basically they have two sides they're fighting now. They've got, you know, David D'Amato's lawyers and then Jane O'Brien's lawyers. So, and both are insisting they've got nothing to do with either one of them. Ah. So then David gets a call from a man in Michigan where there is a different tickling operation going down. Oh boy. It's also being run by Jane O'Brien Media. What? Mm -hmm. Wow. So we meet a tickle recruiter <laughs> named Jordan Shalaki from Muskegon, <laughs> Michigan. Shalaki. So he calls him up, and this is Jordan over the phone. He says, <sighs> A couple of the guys, they're nervous because they've uh, they've been they've been getting death threats and uh, private calls. They're saying we'll kill you. And then Jane sent some uh, uh, really threatening messages saying we better keep our mouths shut and I shouldn't talk to you. Uh, I got a I got a weird phone call from Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey man, I'm not tickling for you, man. Uh, he goes, I got another one today saying. Uh, if I talk to you, that they're going to come for me. So David goes and meets with Jordan. And apparently, Jane had taken a liking to one of Muskegon's main sports, mixed martial arts. Oh. Um, and mixed martial the arts. reason was, is it's comprised of a group of young athletic men desperate for extra money. Sure. So that's what Jordan says. She's trying to break into MMA. Desperate for steroids. Because it's not illegal to tickle somebody to get out of a submission. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course it's true, but you that's don't do true. it. Oh, no. But that's Jordan's whole thing. She was like, he was. she was trying to pitch that to us. That's like taking a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. No, nah, not even close. Why? It's like taking one of those guns that says bang to a fucking yeah. gunfight. To, to so, war. But, you know, Jordan's like, she's telling us to do this. But I'm like, if I do this, I'm going to get my ass knocked off in the street. Yeah. So, you know. Most likely will. Uh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, you got me in an arm bar. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Oh, the old guillotine. Guillotine. I got a little uh, trick for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. So Jordan uh, was paid to, to recruit tickling talent in his town. Um, he was the only group member from Muskegon to appear on camera. Jordan says, she offered one of my friends a 2014 Chevy Cruze and $30,000. Wow. David says, to tickle? And he goes, yeah, just because she liked him more than yeah. another one. He also says Asians and redheads are what they call premiums. Really? Yes. If you get those, she gives you bonuses. She needs to come over to uh, the San Gabriel Valley. She got a lot of tickling Asians. We ended up setting up a tickle cell. like Tickle cell in the UVA? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see any black fighters. <laughs> okay, okay. So like stupid, I know. Like when you go, um, uh, what's you, a tickle cell? Okay, I'm trying to get it out. Okay. Um, so she, you, you <laughs> <laughs> tickle cell. It was a good joke. Thanks. Okay, so Jordan explains the tickle cells. Right? He says, basically, guys would come in, we'd pay them to audition, we'd choose a hotel, nothing fancy, and the guys would come in, hang out, you know, smoke, drink, eat pizza, and we'd hurry up and run through, you know, five or six guys. So David says, so you were looking after the tickle cell in Muskegon, <laughs> Jordan? <laughs> Yeah, man, they have them set up all over the U.S. They're wow. everywhere. Ohio, Michigan, <laughs> Florida, New York. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're like splinter cells with ticker cell, tickle cells. <laughs> Pretty <They're> much. Like... <laughs> and he says they're all for Jane. And he goes, yeah, well, that's where a lot of people started getting really upset, man, because all of a sudden these videos that are supposed to be just auditions on YouTube, they're on Vimeo, any place you can imagine. Nobody was cool with that. One of the guys, Brody, his family was real upset with him. <laughs> oh, it was over. <laughs> like people just picked him on, on him and picked on him. He was yeah. underage too, still oh, in school. Ugh. It wasn't supposed to go on the internet. It was supposed to just be put up, you know. Privately. It just sucked because, like I said, it hit Brody the hardest. Like the whole situation and then being underage and his parents. Who do you have to turn to? Who are you going to attack? Jane O'Brien's a ghost. Nobody knows who it is. He adds... She has all the money in the world. And, you know, she took advantage of us because that was our sole income. That was her big thing, power yeah, tripping. Yeah, yeah. She waited until a bunch of us relied on the income because that was our only source. We'd been doing it for so long. We didn't think. She waited until she had complete control, basically over your situation. And that's when she'd yank the rug right underneath from you. Right. So then David says, David D'Amato. Yeah. You heard that name before? <laughs> In relation to all this stuff. And Jordan goes, I'm literally like trembling now. <laughs> He's like, You're actually I shaking. Know the name. You're actually shaking. Yeah. He's, he says, Yeah, I'm shaking. I don't take shit where I come from. Like, if I met with that guy, I'd punch him right out. <sighs> and I'd be like, Dude, you're telling me everything now. So that ends the interview. And David says, The tickling's still happening in yeah. this town. <laughs> And so, the tickling still The tickling empire is way bigger than we had imagined. Right. So now they go off to New York because they want to find D'Amato. So they find his address listed in Garden City, Long Island, and he lives on the top floor. They don't say how they get this phone number, but okay. they make a call, and a guy answers, and he says, Lance Roberts speaking. <laughs> David's like, oh, hi, uh, it's David speaking. I uh, just want to talk about 
you know, maybe see if I could talk to David D'Amato. And Lance is like, uh, okay, I can't give you his phone number. I really can't give you any personal information. David's like, okay. And Lance is like, do you know him? <laughs> David's like, Ma, yes, I do. Uh, I'm not a friend, but I've been trying <laughs> to get in touch with him. But I've been struggling. Real convincing. <laughs> yeah, Lance is like, okay, what I do is I have a system right. of leaving him a message. I can't guarantee that he's going to call you back, but, you know, if he knows you, he will. Okay. So, Tabano never calls. Right. So, this is where it gets interesting because David and Dylan, they're in a hotel room, and they get a call from their producer, uh. and the producer's like, dude, you cannot keep going after D'Amato. Right. He's going to sue us. We don't have the money to deal with this. So, this is David and Dylan's big, you know, big shot. Yeah. Yeah, it is their big they- break. Already dumped a lot of money into it, too. Yeah, and David <clears throat> says he really wants to know how a former deputy principal pays for all this. Yeah. He can't find any sign that he's ever earned money from the videos, but he's spending an absorbent, right. uh, exorbitant, excuse me, amount to make them. He's putting up, you know, 10 people in L.A. almost every month yeah. and all over the world. Nice hotels, cash. And that doesn't even take into account the money to run the tickle cells. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so David and Dylan learned that both David's parents are, are deceased, but his father's law firm is still one of law, Wall Street's biggest. So they call on the off chance that maybe somebody will talk, and right. they all blow him off. Right. So they track down George D'Amato, David's father's oh. private secretary. Okay. She picks up. Oh, shit. She says, I haven't seen David in quite a while. I have no knowledge of him. Not in many years have I had any contact with him, so I can't really give you any information. David says, well, he's been really aggressive towards us. I'm just trying to figure out what his motivations are. And she says, get away from him. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Really? Yes. Stay away from him. Well, they're not staying away from him. Sure. They stake out his house. Oh, for four Smart. days. Wow. They're pissing in your, your, yeah, your coffee cup. Yeah, the thing that you jugs. want to do for fun. Yeah. All right? So finally, he shows, and wow. they tail him to a Starbucks. And um, they meet him, and David's like, Mr. D'Amato, hey, uh, huh. I'm David Ferrier. D'Amato, I don't like being followed. Uh. I just wanted to talk to you briefly. I don't want to talk to you. Because I was just, you know, I'm worried about the legal letters you've sent me, and I just wanted to know, maybe we could talk about it face-to-face. There is a legal issue about me suing you right now. Oh, there is? Yes, you're in this country on a tourist visa. By doing anything related to so-called journalism, you're in violation of the federal law here, and you won't be back for a long time. David's like, well, I'm on a journalism visa. Ooh, sick uh, burn. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay to be here. Roastmaster. And he goes, well, we'll see what INS has to say oh. about that. And David's like, can we just talk a little bit? And he says, he sees a camera. And he's like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Is it a coffee camera? No, it's the car just pulled <laughs> okay. up. And uh, David's like, well, you know, the last I heard, you know, I had to, you know, be in a U.S. court and a New Zealand court. And David D'Amato says, and you may be. <laughs> you may be. Huh? You may, he says it twice. You may be. Huh. Uh, David's like, well, I'm not here to antagonize you. And he goes, it seems like you've actually come a quite distance to uh, antagonize me. And he's like, well, you said you were going to sue me, and I want to sort this out. And he goes, I will see you at the right venue. Believe me. Hmm. And then he just drives off. Yep. So David walks away feeling numb. 
says D'Amato was calm, you know, doing his usual MO of, you know, legal threats. So he still, you know, says, I suppose as Terry, as Jane, as himself, but after all this, I still couldn't help but wonder, were we totally certain that D'Amato was really Jane and Debbie? Yeah. What if we're wrong? So they go back to where everything started. They start with the 300 domain names connected to the Nieder-Deitzen group. And he says that's when things got crazy. Hmm. Well, they discover one of the domains there was just a directory listing, uh-huh. including a folder called My Documents. And Uh-oh. they realized the motto accidentally made hundreds of his private files public on oh the Oh, my God. What a fucking idiot. He doxed himself and had no fucking clue. <clears throat> wow. They find his signature on the Nieder-Deitzen registration form. Wow. There's also a contract with the investigation company he hired to look into David and Dylan. <laughs> and the address is exactly the same as the address used by Jane O'Brien Media when they booked the rooms in New Zealand. Wow. So they find documents that are associated with Debbie Kuhn and Jane O'Brien. Um, and it turns out D'Amato did get a law degree, but it was from Hofstra University in 2011. Mm. They also discover he'd been telling boys to enter the United States on a tourist visa, even though they were technically working. So he was just projecting onto fucking these two guys that are telling him to do the same thing? I guess. It was like, oh, just come in on a yeah. visa and we'll, we'll put, put you to work. Probably. And probably it's subconscious. <laughs> so David then learns the real way he's been funding his tickling empire. Oh, tell us. He finds documents from 2012 and... They find his fucking bank statements oh, wow. in this file that he uploaded himself. Jesus. He had like $6 million in his account. Oh, wow. He inherited millions from his mother's estate. Oh. It's all family money. There's also lots of emails sent from Jane O'Brien's legal department. So they go back to Romeo Salta. He was yeah. the original lawyer that said, you know, you can't shoot this documentary or we're going to sue you. And they talked to Romeo and they were like, hey, Romeo... <laughs> I can't imagine calling. Hey, Romeo. Just so you know, uh, we got this uh, letter from you. Um, and he's like, yeah, I sent that letter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what about all these other hundreds? And he's like, I never sent those. Yeah. Oh, I see what this guy's So doing. they found out. They showed him his website, Jane O'Brien Media's website, and it's Romeo Salta's address. So he was pretending to be Romeo Salta as well this whole time. So they realized all those letters were faked. Wow. So um, he says, before we leave America, there's one last phone call I got to make. And it's a name that they found in the documents, one of David D'Amato's last surviving members. It's his stepmother, Dorothy. So they call her and she answers. And she says, hello. And he's like, "Uh, is this Dorothy? My name's David. I'm a journalist from New England or New Zealand. How are you? She's like, I'm okay. She goes, hey, um, sorry. It's probably a bit strange to get a call like this out of the blue. I'm doing, doing a story on uh, David D'Amato. She's like, uh, in what way? <laughs> and he goes, well, he's sort of back to the tickling stuff <laughs> again. Sort of back to the tickling. <laughs> and she's like, he is? Yeah, he is. I thought we shocked that out of him. At, <laughs> right. At conversion camp. We spent camp. $2 million. Yeah. Uh, we oh, built the fucking camp for him. <laughs> we have a family plaque. Yeah. Contributing to the to that camp, 
Um, she says, well, I can tell you I've had zero contact with them. And she said, you know, David says, did you think it all came to an end? And she goes, yeah, I thought it came to an end because he went to jail, which I'm sure you know, but I had no idea. She's like, I'm in shock. How long has this been going on? And David's like, it's never stopped. Right. So she spills the can of beans and she goes, I think he has a split personality. Okay. He's like that fine line between genius and insanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tickle- Real fine. <laughs> the tickling genius. She says, I don't know if he's gay or bi- or asexual, but he's never had a girlfriend, and his mother was very protective of him. Right. Like, she wouldn't let him go out and play, and, uh, you know, she was afraid he was going to get hurt all the time, and kids bullied him. Yeah. You know? And he said he's always trying to fight back with tickling. (laughs) And he, uh, you know, she says he was a teacher and they threw him out of school. And, you know, trying to tickle the kids. (laughs) I mean, eight, eight schools in 10 years. He's doing something. All right, guys, instead of dodgeball, (laughs) let's play uh, Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. Um, So she says, I'm afraid of him. So I'm afraid of him. That's how the film ends. Oh, it shit. fades to black right there. So it's kind of anticlimactic mm-hmm. because they failed to get David on camera. Right. So they put up their disclaimers. It says, despite impersonating lawyers, creating fake IDs, and harassing young men, David D'Amato has never been found guilty on any of the tickling stuff. Um, he did get two misdemeanor charges for computer fraud and abuse. Uh, at the time uh, of the completion of this film, David D'Amato had an office on Long Island, and we obtained uh, documents indicating he was employed by the firm as senior legal counsel. Um, after David D'Amato was captured on camera, all legal correspondence with the documentaries ceased. Mm-hmm. So Debbie and Jane also never contacted him again. Right. Then they... The last note is Jane O'Brien Media still runs competitive endurance tickling shoots in L.A. <laughs> and Hell around yeah. the world. Let's go check it out one day. Yeah. Take take the van down? Yeah. Well, Shit Dave, buckets and all. you know me. Yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Story doesn't end here, buddy. So after HBO released the film in 2016, they... Uh, uploaded a companion follow-up film. It's like 20 minutes long. It's called The Tickle King. Ooh. So we an fade. Addendum. It's an addendum. They We fade into Park City during the Sundance Film Festival in 2016. David and Dylan, they got into Sundance. They're making the rounds, you know, for the premiere of their film, Tickled. Well, during the third screening of the film, audience members reported seeing a man in the back row furiously and feverishly taking notes on a legal pad. <laughs> wow. And he's like doing this like, yeah. yeah, like he wants people to know that he's there, that he's they, doing this. Yeah, angrily. Yeah. So the organizers, they reach out to police to beef up security for all future screenings. So then David and Dylan, they head to Missouri for the next film festival and things get even weirder. Mm. So David learns that Kevin Clark and Marco are in town and he finds out that they've bought tickets to every single screening of Tickled. Wow, commitment. Yep. So David goes to the festival, you know, pr- producers and says this could be dangerous. Right. So they beef up security. 
And uh, at one of the screenings, somebody sees two suspicious gentlemen sitting in the back of the theater, and one of them is holding a coffee cup <laughs> that appears to have a hidden oh, camera in it. fucking hacks. Yep. So the usher says, hey, you got to leave, and they won't leave. Right. So they cut the film, oh, and the audience is like, what's going on? Yeah. And they, they pat them down. They search. They can't find any film Uh-oh. or evidence, and they can't arrest them, but they can ask them to leave. Oh. And that's what they do. So the police determined that these two guys were private investigators. It wasn't Kevin and Marco. So the next day, David gets served with two lawsuits from D'Amato. One is filed in the state of Missouri, and one is filed in the state of Utah. D'Amato alleged, alleges defamation, uh, emotional distress, and invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. They also find out D'Amato is suing his stepmother for defamation and $40 million because of what she said on the phone oh, God. at the end of their film. So then they meet with the district attorney of Nassau County, um, and that goes nowhere. You know, they do find his high school yearbook. Okay. <laughs> That's about the most they get out of this. And cool? underneath, <laughs> <laughs> underneath the picture, there's a quote that says, only those who attempt the absurd are ever capable of, of achieving the impossible. Yeah, what a that's, silver tongue devil. That's Miguel Cervantes. Mm. So Kevin Clark tries to get out in front of the story and the movie. So he goes on Nightline and he trashes the film. <clears throat> he says, David and Dylan are dishonest and this is just their way to make money and try and achieve fame. Yeah. So the reporter of the ABC piece asked it, asks him, is David D'Amato connected to Jane O'Brien? He responds to saying, not to my knowledge. Yeah. I'm not saying he isn't, <laughs> but I am also not saying he is. Right. So I guess you don't know what I am saying. So Kevin also created his own website at the time. And it was to discredit the film. It was called tickle.info.com. It's down now. Oh. So it didn't last long. So, but he's calling David a world-class liar. He admitted to ABC that he was the man in the back row taking the notes. Oh, yeah. And he's pissed that he's in the film. And then he interviews Jordan Schlachty. Remember uh, him? Yeah. And he gets Jordan to recant much of what he said in David's film. Oh, shit. Yeah, and Jordan, Jordan, he's clearly being coached in this interview. Right, right. But he gets Jordan to claim that David smoked him out uh, and partied with him. Yeah, nice. David denies all of this. And then, uh, you know, it's clear he's got a vendetta. Right. You know, and uh, he also claims that David um, uh, was on a mission to destroy David D'Amato, and they hacked all of his personal information. And he gets Jordan to agree and admit this. So David denies all of this, and he says, dude, the files, just go on Google. Yeah. You could find them. Right, It's right. not hard. Yeah. I'm not a detective. <laughs> I'm just a guy yeah. who just hit Google and typed in David D'Amato. Yeah. And, but anyway, at the end of this interview, you know, Kevin's like, you, Jordan, you're a very upstanding young man. You should be, be very proud <laughs> that you came in here and told the truth. <laughs> so David and Dylan, they challenged the juris- jurisdictional filing of David's two lawsuits, and they're both thrown out. So they still have to promote the film. David goes to New York. Dylan goes to L.A. Well, while they're in L.A. screening at the New Art Theater in West L.A., Kevin Clark 
he shows up in the lobby mm. and begins to argue with Dylan. He accuses Dylan of sicking bomb-sniffing dogs on him at the Sundance showing. Oh. And also throwing him out of the theater, which never happened. Right. He comes off as like a complete dipshit. And then he screams at Dylan in the lobby for 45 minutes. Wow. Calling the film garbage, full of lies. That whole cut, by the way, is on Facebook if you want to find oh, nice. it. So anyway, after the film is over, Dylan's on his way to the stage to do a Q&A. And before he gets there, guess who he runs into? D'Amato. Yes. Wow. He was sitting in like the fourth row. What state is this? Does this Cal is in California LA, at the yeah. New Art. Yeah, yeah. So he, this is so weird. He starts shaking David's hand. I timed it. It was like a minute and 20 seconds wow. where he's shaking the hand and talking to him simultaneously. And Dylan's like, hey, I got to do this Q&A. And, you know, he's like, thanks for coming. Uh, why don't you come up the stage and join us? And Kevin says, you know, it's illegal in California, you know, what you're doing. And he's like, you can't film me in California. And Dylan says, we're filming you right now. And yes, it's it's legal. Yeah. D'Amato's like, uh, good film. Uh, <laughs> are you aware of the LA film registration? And Dylan says, yes, I am. This is a private space. We have authorization to film here. D'Amato, no, you can't. D'Amato says, you're breaking a criminal statute by filming. Dylan disagrees. D'Amato says, tell you what, you're going to tell a New York attorney what a felony charge is in his own country? Then he takes his free hand, yeah. claps it on his back. It says, uh, yeah, uh, good luck. Okay. Good luck with your film. And Dylan's like, you're not even a member of the bar, bro. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I am. I can practice law there. And he's like, well, what about other states? Anyway, it gets really awkward. Yeah. And then Dylan is like trying to get away because right. this guy's a total creep. Sure. And he just says, give it up for David DeMano, everybody. And then the theater just boos. Wow. So David says, just come on up here. Come up on here and do the, be a part of the Q&A. And David DeMato declines and says, he'll sit in the audience and listen. So the first question somebody asks is, what was the hardest part of making your film? And Dylan responds and says, well, the hardest part of making the film is that we're trying to make a film about somebody that didn't want a documentary film made about that. <laughs> yeah. And then they, whoever's filming this footage pans over to D'Amato, right. and he's eating popcorn. Wow. But there's a, a handler holding the popcorn what? bag for him. What yeah. a fucking freak. So then old Kev, he gets up in the back of the theater and begins arguing with Dylan. And Kevin... Stop feeding me popcorn now. Kevin's objecting, saying... You don't understand the damage you've done. Jane O'Brien Media, you know, the people are going to think our videos are homoerotic. Right. Which still they are. The homoerotic which they show. are. He can't get, he's still hung up on this shit. And then he also attempted to distance himself from his old job as a gay porn director. Okay. Now yes. it all comes out. Correct. So Kevin's claim is you didn't mention that Richard Ivey directed gay porn. Okay. You showed him fondling someone's nipples and acted that like that's what we shoot. He says, in our films, there's no touching of nipples or genitals. Hmm. And you're conflating got, the two. He's got morals. Yes. Dylan says, I don't think we did. And he's right. Yeah. So Dylan knows how to read a room. 
So we asked the audience, hey, guys, did you think we conflated the two? <laughs> and they all just say, no. And Kevin's losing his mind. Right. He's screaming, saying, you are the real bullies. The audience is yeah. booing him. So Dil Dylan invites him to come up on stage uh, to speak again. This is to D'Amato. And D'Amato says, I've got a good speaking voice. I can do it from here. Mm. So you see the bodyguard grab his popcorn from his hands. And he says this, I do have to credit you on the fact that while your facts are very distorted, some of the effects in the movie, <laughs> the music, the choreography was done very well. Choreography. The, there's no dancing numbers in oh. this film. He says, I hope that this film has a long and successful run in this country because I think that life is a learning experience and that you're going to learn a lot, a great deal as a result of this. And I'm not necessarily talking about what a battle is like in a United States civil court. little <laughs> veiled threat there. Yeah. I would like to correct one thing that you said. The legal action that was pending was not dismissed. In this country, it is possible to move federal suits to another jurisdiction. Mm. So as we say in New York and Los Angeles, you need to lawyer up. People are booing. You need to get criminal counsel more booze. Yeah. Please, if you're being funded, obtain criminal counsel because there are going to be a lot of questions asked. Criminal counsel, no. Anyway, the Q&A is over. They go outside into the street. But Kevin and Damano, they still want to keep talking. Yeah. So we, we, we learn that the popcorn handler, yeah. that's his job holding the popcorn. Right. He was one of the security guards that was tossed out the of Golden Sundance. Fingers. <laughs> so Dylan, Dylan and, and, and uh, Damano are talking. And Damano says, you're obviously a family man. Yeah. And David Ferrier, by his own admission, is obviously gay. <laughs> and I don't see the alliance. Yeah. Dylan's like, well, actually, he's bisexual. Oh. And he goes, I find this whole homophobia thing problematic. And D'Amato says, well, maybe it's a cultural thing. Okay? Because half of our states here, we have homophobic le legislation. And Dylan says, well, that's changing. And D'Amato yeah. says, wow! <laughs> yeah. You know something? It's not necessarily what I hope will come. It really isn't. I think for reasons that you don't understand, it may be inevitable, but given what happened versus what may be going to happen, mm -hmm. I don't wish, and I'm not talking about going to prison for 30 years either. You're a family guy. <laughs> there must be a decent part of inside of you, and you just might have bitten off more you can show. So we fade to black. That ends the addendum. Okay. So the, uh, the, the addendum, the, the notes that come up say, since 2016, the filmmakers have not heard from David D'Amato. Uh, it also appears that competitive endurance tickling shoots in L.A. have stopped. Mm. But mm -hmm. in January 2017, the filmmakers discovered a new video. Mm. We see a blurred out young man standing in front of a, a car who says, Spike Pumpkin here. No, no. I can, I hope I can live up to your expectations. Of the rebound guy. Another. Huh? <laughs> uh. 
already know where this is going. <laughs> Another guy. This is Ryan Popkin filming Spike Pop- Popkin for his Tickle Talk. Oh, my God. Tickle right. Talk now. That's how it ends. So, you ready for a little where are they now? Sure. Well, on March 13, a little. 2017, David D'Amato suddenly died oh. at the age of 55. Oh. So, this is like less than a year yeah. afterwards. So... David and Dylan release a statement via IndieWire, and they said, David D'Amato's been a part of our lives for three years, a very unusual three years, and despite the various lawsuits he brought against us, this news is something that brings us no joy. We mostly knew David through talking to those he had interacted with online over the last 20 years. Oh, boy. We only met him twice, once in Garden City, and the other time when he showed up to our screening. Right. We met a man who came out swinging, so to speak, threatening more lawsuits, while at the same time commenting that he enjoyed certain elements of yeah, the film, the choreography. choreography. Sure. <laughs> there's, there's no dancing in the yeah, film. I like the uniforms. <sighs> he says, they say, it seems to us that underneath it all, he did have a certain sense of humor. It is also clear that he had troubles, and those are troubles that we hoped he would come to terms with at some point. While making Tickled, we always thought it was important to portray David D'Amato as not just an online bully, but as a person. That is why the closing minutes of Tickled are so important to us and an insight into D'Amato, the person. Ultimately, we'll never know all the things that made David the man he was. Like all of us, he was complex and complicated. So we ask you to keep in mind that while David appears to have lived a fairly solitary life, he did have friends and family members. We ask that in the comments online uh, and in the real world, you treat this information and this man's passing with respects because we are going to read the comments. Okay, let's hear them. <laughs> They're not pretty. First one by Ticklish. Oh, shit. I have not been so moved since I heard Adolf Hitler shot himself. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy. Get real. He was a vicious, twisted freak who made life hell for anyone he came in contact with. <laughs> not sorry if that's PC. Danielle Young. I just watched the documentary, and while death is always sad, the torture he released on young boys makes this not so sad. Right. It's not that he produced, not that what he produced was shameful, but the actions he took after that makes it a relief that he no longer can affect other lives so negatively. Dude, the fact that he Lady. came back gave these guys an ending to his film. Yeah. Lady. That's what's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry, but what he was producing was kind of, uh, yeah. It was, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I also found an article from uh, Spinoff uh, dated June 19, 2017, written by David and Dylan, and it's titled Life After the Tickle King. Here are some of the highlights from that. They say in our follow-up to the Tickle King, D'Amato started filing lawsuits against both of us and his stepmother, Dottie. She had a nickname. Mm. Uh, The climax of the Tickle King shows D'Amato turning up at our screening to confront us where he gave his version of the story. At the end of the Tickle King, a new tickling video surfaces, indicating that maybe this isn't all over yet. Then, with Tickled and the Tickle King, both widely released in March this year, something else happened. David died, which Mm. brings us to today and a new story about Jane O'Brien media and competitive endurance tickling. We're writing this to first of all address the elephant in the room and the one that refuses to go away because there are comments here 
from people that said, at this point, do you wholeheartedly believe that David D'Amato is actually dead? Uh, I hate to be insensitive, but could D'Amato have faked his death to take right. heat off? I mean, he was he was loaded. Yeah. People are like, I'm not sure I believe sort it. Sort of young. Where are the serv- when are the services? Who has the body? I'm not buying this death narrative. He'll crop up again as Gail Giggles. <laughs> Gail Giggles. Well, they say to put the conspiracy theory to bed, D'Amato has indeed died. Um, as well as the funeral notice published in the paper on March 18th, we have a copy of his death certificate. Uh, he died of cardiovascular disease. Mm. Uh, he had a heart attack. Other contributing factors were diabetes and obesity. They say, we debated whether to publish this information, but the question comes through our daily social media, so it seems like it's time to make it public. Essentially, we think we should let David D'Amato rest in peace. But now it's time to address the other elephant in the room. If David D'Amato was dead, how does Jane O'Brien media still live on? Right. Say They say, we debated whether to publish this information, but the question comes through da- uh, Daily Social, like I said, uh, so they show their face, the Jane O'Brien's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Well, Jane O'Brien's Facebook page was active. It no longer had 26,000 members, but it was rebranded and there were mm. 2,000 members. There was a link to their website called Ticketopia. <laughs> Rebranding. Yeah. Yes. Then they say it's time to meet Luis Peluso, the man behind the new Jane O'Brien media page on Facebook and cool. the new website. So they say Peluso runs the page, and he also reviewed the page himself five stars. Nice. Yeah. I do the same thing on my pages. I did it on ours. Yeah. Uh, we first heard about Peluso towards the end of Making Tickled, and as far as we could tell, he was the middleman, much like the producer Kevin Clark. Right. They also found a check made payable to Peluso from D'Amato in the amount of $75,000, and they published that. Nice, dude. They also report, like Clark, Peluso also has a history in producing gay pornography, in his case, under the name Dex Jones. Okay, Dex, like Dexter Jones. D-E-X-X Jones, if you're super curious. They reached out to him. He didn't respond. But once Tickled was released in theaters, they did hear from Peluso. Well, sort of. He gave a comment to ABC Nightline when they covered Tickled's release. In the story, Nightline talked to Kevin Clark, and according to the report, Clark put us in touch with his boss, a guy named Louis Peluso, who also insisted that D'Amato had no connection whatsoever to Jane O'Brien Media. Despite Peluso's public denial, it was clear to us that D'Amato was behind Jane O'Brien. Beyond that, we really don't have much more on the matter, so we let it go. But after D'Amato's death, Lewis appeared to become a little bit more open online. Fast forward to May when he posted his review. His review, the five-star review, says, uh, if I do say so myself, rest in peace, David. Hmm. But he's saying five stars as in, if I do say so myself. Right. So um, right now, Peluso appears to be in possession of all D'Amato's tickling footage nice. and seems to be positioning himself himself as the head of Jane O'Brien Omia. Uh, the Tickle King. Well, a video of Lewis's Facebook page shows a computer screen in Peluso's house filled with tickling files. Wow. Someone, presumably Peluso, says, there's so much tickle footage here, it's fucking crazy. Right. We have counted 
47,000 videos. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. On top of this, we're going to need another hard drive. <laughs> he's going to get to that. On top of this, Peluso is now totally clear about who was behind the making of the videos. Gone is the claim that D'Amato had nothing to do with it. Here's a link to the following conversations, but be aware that Jane O'Brien Media has geo-blocked New Zealand on Facebook. <laughs> so New Zealand readers won't be able to access it. So Jane O'Brien Media posts, the Gold Coast stuff we have, clips of, and everybody thinks they saw it, but nobody saw any of it. Wow. David hated it. He considered it a huge waste of money, so we shelved it after two years and went on to do first Muskegon and then Jane O'Brien. Here's your hard drives. Mm -hmm. He says, also, I am currently unpacking a 200 gigabyte compressed file that we pulled off a web server back in 2010. God only knows what's in it, mm -hmm. but I'm looking for Ewok footage. Oh, God. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> no, it's... Master Solo, mm -hmm. it seems they believe I am some sort of god. Yep, yep. Oh, yeto. Yeto. <laughs> Anyway, they, she, <laughs> I love that one, actually. <laughs> so while D'Amato is gone, another person has risen to take his place. So um, they say this time, the footage of young men, some of whom thought they were competing in a sport called CET, <clears throat> were simply making cash for private audition tapes, is still being distributed wild, worldwide, but this time for cash. So um, they tried to read it out to Peluso again. He didn't answer. Um, and then they tried again. He answered, and it just said, hi, Lewis. Hi. <laughs> and Peluso followed up with a message uh, and accused David and Dylan of having zero credibility. Um, he also basically said, you guys uh, are garbage. <laughs> you know, you're like Fox News. If you uh, have anything, reach out to Larry Townsend, which I guess is his counsel. But they were like, nah, we're done. So they did f uncover one last interesting piece of news. Mm. They were curious to know about the lawsuit, the $40 million lawsuit from right. Dottie. So uh, it turns out a dead man can't sue someone, right? Well, oh, in no. New York, you can. Mm -hmm. The estate the can sue. So <laughs> apparently... They listed, D'Amato's estate listed the pending outcome of those suits as assets of the estate. Right. Ugh. So anyway, I looked for Kevin Clark. Uh, like I said, I couldn't find much about him. Uh, I did find one article that he uh, was quoted in. This is from the Columbus Dispatch from 71216. Um, he says, they are portrayed as pornography and they are not pornographic. They are no more pornographic if you took a college wrestling video and turned them into a sex theme video. Okay. Don't use that example. Yep. yep. If use something else. <laughs> Don't just just as sexuals if you took women's volleyball and used if people perceive something sexual about what they're seeing, that's in them, not me. Yeah. Uh, according to Clark, though, very few participants were unhappy with the shoots. He said ninety nine percent of the people love what they did and would gladly come back. Well, that old argument. Yeah, I guess. Um, remember Jordan? Yep. He died as well. Oh, no. Yep. Passed away in 2019. Did he die of laughter? <laughs> no, he died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, okay. Um, 
Then I came across a really interesting blog. Remember when Kevin was in the back scribbling the notes? Yes. The guy that sat next to him was a big movie fan. Uh. So he has a blog called Confused Monologues. Uh. And he the title of his blog is, that was the guy from the movie. So he talks about sitting next to Kevin the whole time. Right. Well, for some reason, this landed up as the spot for people claiming to be David Starr, uh, Louis Peluso, to argue with each other in the comments oh, section. Wow. So if you want to take a deep dive, wow. uh, you can check it out at confusedmonologues.wordpress.com. Lastly, let's check in with Richard Ivey, right. uh, who owns the website, my, myfriendsfeet.com. Hell yeah. It's still trucking along. And you know me. I'm going to go deep. Let's go. Anything for the work. So I clicked on their website. I got in. And there's two men named Vadim and Ray. And they're just in their underwear showing off their feet. And uh, it says male foot levers. If you love male feet, men's socks, and men's tickling, um, this is the gay foot fetish website for foot levers. Oh, they admit it. Yep. This so, guy admits it. Yeah, he's very upfront about it. So over 22 years on the web. Then there's a disclaimer that says you can't enter the website if you're under the age of 18. Um, and then there's an ongoing journal that started in February 2000. Um, so they do have a disclaimer. All men, all male feet, sock tickling models were at least 18 years older when they were Good. photographed. I did not find any uh, mafilfs. Um, What's that? Um, men's, <laughs> men's feet I'd like to fuck. I made it up. I made it up. But I did go in the website and uh, there's a lot of tabs. I'm sure there there's a bare feet area. There's a sock area. There's a tickle area. There is a worship area. There's a classics clips area. Ooh. There is uh, an art artist area called Achilles Heel Art. Okay. <laughs> so um, you can savvy. You can apply to a, be a model. And I went ahead and printed out that uh, apply to be a model test. And I thought okay. we could take it with you if you're All interested. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. Are you ready to apply to yes. be a tickle? Foot model yes, for myfriendsfeet.com. It. It's a short quiz. Okay. Okay. Dave, do you think what you have you have what it takes to be a myfriendsfeet.com model? Yes. Well, we're always on the lookout for muscular, athletic, fit guys with good feet to work with. Okay. Please well. fill out the form below and submit your model application today. Uh so we're gonna, you know, we're, they're gonna ask you for your age and your height and your weight. We'll wave off okay. all that. But they do ask where you're ticklish. So where are you ticklish? Bottom of my feet. Okay. Do you have a, a, a headshot we can send them? Sure. Okay. Do you have a, a shirtless shot? <laughs> yeah, I can. Non-nude uh, is fine. I can provide one. Non-nude is fine. We're going to need a shot of the top of your feet. Okay. okay. I, have the, I have a very nice top of my feet. Okay. We need because a clear... I piss on them in the shower every day. <laughs> Wonderful. We need a clear look at your toenails. Great. No also, fungus. Also going to need to see the bottoms. Great. Okay, you ready for the yes or no portion? Oh, boy. Would you let another guy suck your toes on camera? No. Okay. Would you <laughs> Access denied. Would you suck <laughs> another guy's denied. toes on camera? Absolutely not. Doesn't sound like you want this job, Dave. No, it doesn't. Would you jack off on camera? <laughs> no. Would I jack off myself on camera for the right amount of money? Yes. Okay. Would you be nude on camera? For the right amount of money? Yes. Okay. Have you ever done porn before? No. Why are you interested in modeling for us? You asked. 
Um, there's a personal ad section. Looking for your soulmate? Of course. <laughs> so you can use this service to meet people. There is a monthly fan... Somewhere to tie the knot. <laughs> There's a monthly fan fiction short story contest. Uh, do you want to hear an excerpt from February 2022's winner? Sure. Okay, this story was called My Boyfriend's Boots. I just took the last paragraph. Okay. Like I had done so many times without him knowing, I pulled the sock onto my dick and began to rub, jerk myself off. <laughs> Every sense was engaged uh, as I tasted and smelled oh, his ripe feet and boots. Oh, no. I had, opened, I had opened my eyes and enjoyed seeing the worn, darkened brown inner boot uh, in my face. I felt I, it. I opened, I opened my eyes and immediately had to close them from the fumes. I felt his cock that was still in my ass. <laughs> As well as the wet sock on my cock. In a moment of absolute these fucking are, bliss. This is fake, dude. I finally blew my wad into his dirty socks. <laughs> I love this website, dude. I'm going to go look at every one of those now. After convulsing for what seemed like minutes, he loosened his grip. I somewhat reluctantly withdrew my head from the boot, and he pulled the sock out of my mouth. We... <laughs> We each swigged the wild turkey again <laughs> and took a moment to gather ourselves. Did a couple poppers. He motioned to the foot of the bed, and I quickly cleared off the boots and socks. As we lay back, he grabbed the remote control, and we sat as he flipped channels. And watched the sports center. After a moment, in a very matter-of-fact way, he said... You probably want to drink my piss too, don't you? Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta read these more, dude. I gotta go and read these. I'm gonna go read last Holy month's winner. Shit. Well, that's yeah. That's just February 2022's winner. Oh fuck me! All right, I had to do a little digging on Jane O'Brien Media's Facebook page. So there's only 2,000 likes on there with about 2,000 followers. So it's it's had a steep decline, to say the least. So uh, somebody named Chris King says, these poor guys, if only they knew the trouble these videos would lead to. And how the hell is this still going on? Have people forgotten about the Tickle documentary? And who's running this page? Jane O'Brien Media responds, they signed contracts that spelled out exactly what they were doing before their managers let them get on planes. These were professional athletes and models, and you sound fucking insane. Jesus, rude. Yeah, this guy's not exactly uh, thrilled. Um, so then there's a link to their tickletopia.com page. And again, this is weird. He's looking for more Ewok footage. Um, this guy says, uh, just saw the tickle documentary. It is amazing how this page is still posting. What can you say about Mr. D'Amato? Uh, no response. Then uh, Jeremy Williams says, what is this page about? Is this supposed to be sexual? Jane, it's about tickling. Some find it sexual, but the models don't interact in a sexual way. What's the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, swim issue about? Very What's wrestling about? They go back to wrestling again. Yeah. It's about whatever you want it to be. Right. So um, 
this guy's killing me. Mark Willis. Any classics coming? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I went to a link on their website and just for some planning, some pl uh, pricing, so you can get an idea of what they're charging. Okay. Uh, plan one is $50 for 60 days, 25 after that. Plan one is uh, two months. Um, no price on that one. Plan two is, excuse me, $75 for four months. Plan three, 100 for six months. And plan four, Super Saver, 150 for a one-year subscription. So um, that's it. That is, that's tickled. Wow. All right. Well, what did you give the first original doc? Here's the thing. You can't, you can't, you can't rate the original doc on, its, on itself. Right. In my opinion, you have to take the addendum okay. to achieve a full film. All right. So, and I'm kind of surprised that HBO didn't do that. Right. Because it should be re released as one film. And it wouldn't be hard for them to do that. Right. And here's the thing I didn't find about the addendum until like 16 hours before we recorded. Oh, wow. And I was like, how can you tell the story without the addendum? Yeah. But here's the thing with the addendum, it's a four star film. Nice. Because the, the brilliance is the first film isn't a complete film. Yeah, it's like a catalyst for the rest of it. But the guy that wanted to stay in the shadows comes out because of his ego yeah. and created the ending for that's them. That's interesting. Which is pretty brilliant. It is. But it's also one of those things that's a happy accident. You, right. They lucked into this. Yeah. So it's four stars, but you have to watch the companion piece. Now, the companion sure. piece is available on YouTube. Oh, so cool. you that's where you need to go find it. That's the only place I could find it. So that's a wrap. Nice. Uh, I know I put you through a lot. No, you're good. Um, of course, guys, if you're listening out there and you enjoyed the show, we read everything, whether it's a tweet, whether it's an Instagram, uh, whether it's an email to downonthedocspod at gmail.com. But the thing that keeps us going are your positive comments and especially your reviews on Apple Pod. So please drop a five-star review. Say what you like, say what you didn't like. And more importantly, we have been going to the well for your uh, recommendations. So if you want to join the Discord, you can find that link on our Twitter as well as our Instagram, and that'll get you connected with a great group of guys and women who are always posting great docs in under our suggestions oh, yeah. uh, section. So that's it. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week on Down on the Docs.